0: All right. well hey Calvary Church. Um, By the way of that video, as I come up with some of our missionaries, that was one of your few chances you got to see me with uh, not black clothes on. So I just, you know, it's kind of an exciting moment maybe. Uh, (laughs) But um, today we are uh, just, we have this opportunity to be able to share with all of you more about what it means to be sent And so to be able to hear from some of our missionaries about how they were sent and for all of you and all of us to be prayerfully considering, Lord, what are you sending me into? Lord, how are you sending me? So with this theme of sent and and this theme of here I am, send me, just be listening and taking in this conversation that we will have up here and uh, how God is speaking to you. And so We have the Shooks, we have Amy West, we have the Shoemakers, but why don't you guys go ahead and just kind of go down the line and introduce yourselves and what you do.
1: Yep, we're Tom and Gail Shook, and we have a ministry here at Calvary now called His Refuge, reaching out to refugees and immigrants, and uh, formerly we were in Mongolia, China.
0: and some other (laughs) (laughs) places.
2: Amy West, and uh, I was sent Mm -hmm. out in 1988, I'll tell that story later. Right now, my job is as an international consultant in the area of helping people to engage with scripture. As uh, One of the focuses is uh, Bible translation and people getting the word. A lot of people have never gone to a book for guidance. Uh, they've never gone to a book to um, get principles for living. And so they go to the elders, the ancestors, what is this book? And that's my job, is to help them see that God has answers in his word for their questions and answers problems.
3: awesome. We are uh, Jonathan and Tracy Shoemaker. We live in Lisbon, Portugal. We've been serving there for 15 years and we partner with the local church in church planting and church multiplication and training and equipping leaders in Portugal.
0: Okay, great. Well, why don't we actually start then down with you, Jonathan, of uh, your (laughs) sent story. Why don't you share with us a little bit about how you were sent, what you were sent into. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so Tracy and I talked about this and That kind of overlap a lot in a lot of ways the way that we felt like God sent us. Uh, Both of us had been involved in short term missions a lot in high school and college. You know, we did missions trips to Mexico, we did other trips to other places for spring break or summer. And so that was always a part, I I guess it was a growing part of kind of our experience. Mm. And for me, I remember a, a big part of it was. After college, both Tracy and I went to Biola, and my year after I graduated from Biola, I had a friend call me and ask me if I wanted to serve for a year in Central Asia, in Kazakhstan. And I decided, yeah, let's do that. That would be a great, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do right after college, um, and so I served for a full year in Kazakhstan and had a great time, but the thing that was really, I think, impactful during that time for me was I'd always known that I'd liked missions and it was always kind of a fun adventure and this is cool and we can also tell people about Jesus. But being there for a year and seeing the missionary families that lived there uh, and just seeing the ministry that they had, seeing the joys that they had serving and working with uh, national partners, that was really what changed it. And I came away from that year saying, Lord, I don't know if you're calling me to be a missionary full time, but if you did, I would be totally blessed with that option. Because before it was always like, oh, it's this big sacrifice. I'm going to have to give up so much. And I think from that year, seeing the families over there, I really realized this would be a blessing, God. If you called me to, to come back for a longer term, uh, I would totally be on board with that.
0: So that was a yeah, That's thing. that's interesting to me because... I think that a lot of us here think of like, oh, wow, that's so scary to go so far, or to go to this place that's so unfamiliar. But you placing yourself for a shorter time in that situation allowed you to, oh, okay, right? Like it's, yeah. it's this they're, they're people too, right? Like that. <laughs> that kind of moment. All right, how about for you, Tracy?
4: Yeah, really similar. I grew up um, going to church and meeting missionaries who visited during missions conference and things like that. And I always enjoyed hearing their stories. I thought it was just exciting and fun, and then I, starting in junior high, got the opportunity to go to Mexico over spring break several times, and was impacted by those trips, and it became just a natural thing for me to think about missions full-time. Then when we met, it was something we had in common. Um, When I was in college at Biola, I spent a summer in Spain, and that was a trip for people who were interested in full-time missions. And it was kind of an exposure trip, and it was, do you wanna go to Mexico or do you wanna go to Spain? And I was like, well, I've been to Mexico, so Spain sounds cool. But I had no idea of the spiritual need in Europe before that, and that really, really impacted me to learn that there were so few believers there. And one thing that stuck out to me one of the places that we went um, was a ministry along the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, that's a, a pilgrimage journey across the north of Spain, and there was a like a hostel that was Uh, run by Dutch missionaries, and they were there trying to have spiritual conversations with people as they came through, and they'd give them the Gospel of John. And I remember really vividly talking to this Spanish man who, you know, people were backpacking through, so he had this really bright red backpack, and that visual stuck with me. And I remember him patting his backpack and saying, these are my sins. And it was him physically carrying his sins along this journey oh, to drop him off at the end and I remember thinking it's so much easier than that it's already been done we don't have to carry our sins on our back and that just stuck with me and so when we were looking at where to go that kind of drew us specifically to Western wow. Europe wow. so it was a really impactful experience
0: that's cool yeah and you can yes. see even in your story it's this it's from middle school yeah. to, uh, yeah, to yeah. At post-college, and so yeah. God was working through all those years. Sometimes your sense story is not just a, yeah. a singular wild call moment. Yeah,
4: right? some people yeah. have those kind of things, but I think for both of us, it was a gradual growing along the way.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. How about for you, Amy?
2: I would say it's about the same. Um, it started uh, earlier, and my parents joined Wycliffe when I was three. So I grew up in that. I'm an MK. Hi, Mom. She's live streaming. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
2: Carol West, Dallas, Texas, and the fam from different place. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, you parents and grandparents have a big role in this, too. And then let's start at uh, fourth grade. That's when we arrived here in Calvary. And uh, Mary Leal was my leader in Pioneer Girls. Aldous Pace adopted me at fourth wow. grade to pray for and she still does. And so you can pray for people. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. But um, in the sense story, it's just you grow up at Calvary. You grow up in knowing about missions. Or you should. If you don't, talk to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, because it's, it's, it's our ethos. It's part of who we are. And so the question was, for me was not um, where will you go. I would have said, no, don't know. But the question was, are you willing? And it was at some point over in the Samswick Chapel when that question was posed, probably during high school. Are you willing? And I stood up to say, yes, I'm willing. And then moving on towards, uh, I went to Westmont College. Went to Biola later. But (laughs) Westmont College, my last year, that a group of us from here that's also key who you're hanging out with a group of us went to urbana missions conference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at that point i was aiming towards western europe because i had read in the world christian magazine there was one spirit medium for every seven people in france Mm -hmm. and just a growing darkness there Mm -hmm. and so i was looking at that but god redirected me through the 23-minute testimony of a woman by the name of joanne shetler when she talked about Bible translation and the difference that the word made in their lives. And I thought, well, maybe it's a big organization. Maybe I could do something. I'm not a translator, but there must be something I can do. So that was 84. Um, got redirected. You know how it is when you're in college. You, you forget these things. I went with Athletes in Action. Okay, one by one. Um, let's see if this is for me. That was a great Trip, but not for me. And so it was 1988 here, Women with a Mission Brunch, that um, there was a a speaker, Joanne Shetler, again, um, and her topic was prayer. And my mother, talking to her, said, Well, what do you need prayer for? She said, I need someone to help me for three months. And so mom told me, and I just knew I was supposed to be the one. And that was the Holy Spirit. It was very clear. Um, and so I volunteered and that was for three months and then a short term in the Philippines and here we are 34 years later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. How about, how about for you guys? How are you, Tom first? So
1: yeah, we, we kind of came at it from a little bit of a different, uh, yeah. a different angle. So we weren't raised in the church and we didn't, we didn't even know what a missionary was yeah. but we became Christians and then we were in a small group Bible study um, together with these young believers, and while we were there, we, um, you know, we were just praying, and we watched the video by um, Melanie Green. So this is uh, Keith Green's widow at the time, right? And at the end of this video, she says, "Don't be, uh, don't pray to be a missionary, but just pray to be willing to go and do anything for God." Mm-hmm. And so, as young Christians, we were like, "Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's pray." to be willing to go and do anything for God. And then uh, it wasn't long after that, that we became acquainted with a book called Operation World. And this was a, it's a book that gives Christian statistics throughout the world and talks about the church in various countries. And uh, we started praying through that. We thought that's a good thing to do while we're praying for this whole year. And as we started to pray through that, we got to the M section (laughs) And uh, the country of Mongolia popped out. And, you know, no Bible, no Christians, no, no work being done among them that we knew about uh, at the time. And it, it's as if God just basically said, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And um, it's, it's hard to articulate. You know, you can't really put it into words, but it's just something that deep inside, it's like, you should spend your life. I mean, he saved me, right? So he transformed my life and gave me the, uh, the purpose and, and uh, mm. a new life. And so why wouldn't I wanna take that to people who don't know? And, and uh, so part of that was like, okay, let's go to Mongolia.
5: Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite as excited. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, that's, that's relatable.
5: <laughs> uh, he got stuck on Mongolia and I went on to Morocco in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Um, But what happened, we were at church, and we had been praying. This was like August or September, so we've been praying for quite a while to be willing to go anywhere and do anything for the Lord, which is really key. Um, But he took me and our three kids, so James was a year, so he was on my hip, and Joy and Ryan were four and three, and he took me to a map. And he said, Gail, this is where God wants us to go. And he pointed to Mongolia. But for the young ones here, you don't realize that in 1986, which is when he told me this, it was still part of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And Mongolia is, un- is over China. And so I was like, very sarcastically told him, well, well how are we going to get there? What are you going to do? Airdrop us in? And <laughs> I'm such a good wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey. Um, Super supportive. (laughs) Super supportive. Um,
5: But then he said, you know, Gail, that's up to God. We're just supposed to be willing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started uh, moving forward. Never thinking we would get there, but we did six years later, 1992.
0: That's incredible. And then so for you, maybe Gail, even like thinking of, so God was speaking to you through one another, through your children, mm-hmm. through um, just, and I think it's good that, I mean, you have to work yeah. out that, the yeah. real right. stuff like right. that. Like yeah. you don't want to go just yeah. blindly at some level, yeah. but yeah. Um, you got to work out all that. But how did God's word then speak to you? Or what was a scripture for you that spoken into well, there is being a, sent?
5: There was a yeah. lot of scripture, um, but a lot of the scripture that is typical, that we hear about, like the Great Commission, we didn't know till later, right? Because just of our exposure. Mm -hmm. But one of the main scriptures that spoke to me in the process of really deciding to go um, was the fact that we had decided to sell our house. We thought if we kept our house, we would stay. Uh, yeah. So we needed to sell it. And so I thought, that's no big deal. I'm gonna sell the house. Um, but the day that the realtor came and had a buyer and shook my hand and said, um, you know, it's not yours anymore, basically, um, I realized how deep that desire was, mm. right? I remember walking the neighborhood and looking at these brand new homes being built, going, oh, I don't want that. And the Lord saying, yes, you do, mm. <laughs> but I'm asking you not to have it. Mm. And within a few days, Philippians 3. Came and uh, where Paul is talking about how much confidence he has in the flesh, but how he's gotten rid of that because, for him, loss he considers all things lost for the sake of gaining Christ. Mm. And at that point, that became mission to me. Mm. Everything was about gaining Christ. Yeah. And the loss was secondary. Yeah, it's that.
0: beautiful. And he had a he had a yurt for you or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: he <laughs> so had an outhouse. an outhouse. An outhouse for you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Occasional <laughs>
0: electricity. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. How, how about for you, Tom? How was Scripture? You know, how, so, did that, how did God move you in Scripture?
1: So I think you know, uh, not coming from a Christian home, and. Uh, you know, really being a train wreck, right? So if you know our testimony, we're, we're pretty much a train wreck. And uh, <laughs> before, before I became a Christian, before Jesus. But uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 uh, and a bit following were really key for me. Where it says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame the things who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And so, so the, the passage you know, spoke to me about God delights in the weakness in, 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 our, in, our, um, you know, in our feeble attempts and in our tries. It actually pleases God when we, when we try, you know, and then, uh, of course, Hebrews 11, Hall of Faith. We see some examples of that. And then um, the disciples. Some of the disciples. You look at their lives. You're like, you know, they were train wrecks too. Mm-hmm. And and but he but he wants to. I don't want to use. But he wants you. He wants to allow himself to be for you everything, mm-hmm. you know, and and to join him on a journey to reach people with the gospel. And I, and that you know yeah that's basically it yeah so if
0: god can use yeah. tom he can use you that's what we're saying here. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah amen yeah me. and that's real cuz like you yeah. think like yeah. over the course of how we've known we really you do. for all the you guys for these years it's like oh you're doing all these awesome things and they're so you think about like He's so bold and brave and whatever yeah. and all that kind of stuff but it's like no i feel foolish and powerless but god is right. has worked through me right, right. yeah mm. so and god yeah. can work through any of us that's in right that that's kind right. of a way yep um Amy, how about for you? How is the scripture involved in some of your time? What's a, a verse that stood out for you?
2: Well, I think kind of like Gail, there's a number of uh, ones that are, you know, the Great Commission obviously wow. go. Um, but the one that really stuck with me was John 4.34, and that's in the context of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. The disciples come back to him, and he says in John 4.34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Mm -hmm. and um, that just for me as you ponder that and you think about it and you think um, that which is going to sustain me that's Mm -hmm. which is going to satisfy me that which is going to you know those are the things um, when you think of missions you might think you know what you're giving up or whatever you're not God has created you for what he's calling you to do Mm -hmm. whether it's here or there and um I love what I do, it's very satisfying, um, it is sustaining me, and so that's it, John 4:34. my food is to do the will of him who sent me, a little bit later, just, you know, the fields are ripe unto harvest,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's awesome, that's awesome, how about for you guys? <laughs>
2: Um,
4: well, I'm going to read the Great Commission because that was something that really stood out to me way back in junior high when I um, first had to give my testimony in Spanish, was probably through a translator in Mexico, and, um, but it was pretty simple. So uh, Matthew 28:19 and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this stuck out to me. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that was what really stuck out to me. I knew growing up in the church that we were supposed to be sharing our faith and, you know, making disciples. But there's that promise at the end. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And even as a junior higher, that, that stuck with me. So there's a lot of other scripture so cool. that the Lord uses along the way. But that was one of the first things that was a, a seed that was planted in me.
0: That's cool. And just like you know so if doing that work is your food like you know right. doing what god wants you to do is what fuels you and mm-hmm. and gives you sustenance and then knowing that then as you're doing it god himself is with you and in you and sustaining you
4: and which is a good thing because you. it's true yeah. we're just you know a bunch of foolish people trying to follow yeah. the lord so right. it's what we need we need right. the lord to Amen. be empowering us yeah. because um, you know, we can't do it on our own. Yeah, we're powerless. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing,
0: that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about for you, Jonathan?
3: Yeah, just, I'm still thinking a little bit about what Amy, what you <laughs> said about our food and, I, and doing what sustains, uh, you know, my will, my desire to do what sustains, what sustains me, to do the will of God. And I think, I like the phrase uh, by John Piper, God is most glorified in us, when we are most satisfied in Him. Mm-hmm. And I think the in Him is the hardest part because we think that we're satisfied by all of these other things. Yeah. And we think, oh, if I have this or this or this, if I have these things in my life, that's gonna bring, satis- that's gonna bring me satis- uh, satisfy me, that's gonna bring me happiness. But God says, no, I want you to be satisfied in me and so forget about all that other stuff. Mm. And you know, when we, when we come back to the US, our family will always talk about what foods we're gonna eat. You know, oh, we're gonna get in and out and we're gonna get taquitos, <laughs> guacamole, and we're gonna get, you know, but, and you get those things like, oh, that was great. But then you realize, but that's not really, mm. you know, that's, it, it goes away. And, and so even the food analogy, we are always talking about the foods that we're gonna eat when we come back. Um, but our, our food is to do God's will and to realize that those other things, are just temporary and what really satisfies us is being delighting in Christ, delighting in God. Mm. Um, but the verse that I wanted to share uh, as well, for me, I like to think about, when we think about what's going on in the world and you know, all kinds of, what's, what's happening? What's the end result? And for me, the verse in Revelation, just thinking about what the end result of everything of human history is gonna be Tells us where we should be and, and how, what our mindset should be. And so I like uh, Revelation 5. This is the scene in the throne room uh, around the throne. And it says, And they sang a new song Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And just the idea, knowing that the end, the end of the story is a large gathering of people from every tribe, language, tongue, and nation, gathered around the throne, worshiping God. That's, that's where the story of human history is going. And so for me, it's like, what's my part in that story? Uh, Lord, I wanna be about what you're doing. And I wanna know, this is where it's headed, what's my part? And so just the, I think the question, you know, as world Christians, We need to remember there's a world that God wants to reach out there. His church is global and there's lots of places where there are huge needs to work work alongside a small church of 25 people or 50 people, work alongside a a pastor who's struggling and needs encouragement, who doesn't have a pastoral team of 20 people, you know? And, And we need to realize that there's those needs out there. And even if God calls you to stay here, there is that reality out there. And that's where the end of the story is going. People from every tribe, tongue, mm-hmm. language and nation. And so that kind of encourages me that that's my part in it.
0: Yeah, that's great, that's great. I know even for, for me to watch the way that scripture is part of my calling story as well. Like we've all had scripture as part of our calling story. And I remember like as a college student being struck just with the Lord stirring in me in some way and reading uh, what seemed like a random verse, Ezekiel 33, and it says, you are a watchman for your people. Mm-hmm. If you sound the trumpet, there, so there's a danger coming and you're to sound the trumpet of warning. If you sound that trumpet of warning and they don't listen, then that's that's on them. But if you see this danger coming and don't sound the trumpet, then the blood's on your head. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, Lord, you know. <laughs> and, um, but just yeah. trying to then process through that, like how does that, as God's working through that, what is he then calling me to do? What is he sending me into? And for me, it was pastoral work here in the United States and here in California. But for you guys, it was in all these other different um, circumstances and situations. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's how it should be, that God is working in all of us Amen. uniquely. Um, I'd love for you to share just maybe even, like, as we think through a couple of these questions and just, uh, I'm going to start with you, Amy, on this one and then just as others want to share. But sometimes there's, there's some of that, like, how did people or circumstances or other people kind of encourage you? And, but maybe, like, think through, like, how can then out of that, how can you encourage the folks here? So how, how did that work for you as you were processing through your sending?
2: <laughs> I think it's all about relationship. Yeah. Because, um, like I said earlier, it's the people you hang out with. And I had a great group. We were just talking earlier uh-huh. about going through practical missionary training together. And uh, Jenny Meeker was in that. Nadine Spradley. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the 20-plus group. And um, that group, it's what, what do you talk about? What's your focus? What are your friends um, encouraging you about? And so... Um, I think that, that was it. Um, I could start naming names and I would forget somebody, but they were just key people in my life. I mean, the Radkeys are just key people in my life. And so there's just um, that. Notice who you're hanging out with and um, what their focus is. and. Um, the other thing was that when it did happen in 1988 that, you know, this need, there was a need for three months. I could do three months. Mm-hmm. I was working at a law firm down in, um, off of El Toro Road at the time, and I knew that I did not want to spend the rest of my life working at that law firm. <laughs> um, and so I was looking to go into coaching at the time. I wanted to um, get into a, a higher level of coaching, and God just redirected me because missions had always been an, uh, an option, if you will. I was, I was willing, I just didn't know what to do. And so, um, it was at the women's brunch. Uh, Joe had this need for three months. And then I said, yes, I'll be the one, I'll go. But um, it was, that wasn't the whole thing. Because then I went to my dad and I said, Dad, what do you think? And he said, well, I can't think of a better person for you to spend three months of your life with. Mm. Uh, she'd already been on the field uh, a number of years, and she'd already finished this translation, so just kind of a mentor that I could spend some time with. And then I didn't leave it at just my parents. I went to the missions team, and I asked them, and uh, said, what do you think? And the missions team was key in sending me. They thought that was a good idea, too. And then I went to talk with people at the um, Wycliffe office who knew Joe. And so I did my research. I didn't just jump into this. Mm -hmm. But I knew, and to this day I know, it was a very clear calling. It was just the Holy Spirit, this is the way, walk in it. And I'd been looking for that. And I think that's one of the keys that I would say to uh, the people of Calvary. Two things, one is... um, Put your mind in the way of missions, in the path of missions. Get involved, take the perspectives course, um, go to the missions conference things, talk to missionaries. And so, put your mind in the path of missions. And then the other one is, um, have those kindred spirits, you know. Again, it's relationship. And because they're going to be your encouragers. And we're not all called to go, but we are part of the calling. So you might be called to pray. You might be called to advocate. I mean, a number of missionaries are low on support. They need you to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. There are a number of missionaries who need prayer. They need you to advocate for them. And um, there's just a number of people who need encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so we need you to encourage us. It's all about relationship.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think too if you, you maybe you're out there and you're like, well I don't know who those people are to talk to. Like that's where that's how we can help you. Like if you talk to Matt, you talk to me, you talk to Aaron, you talk to anybody of us on staff or some some of these missionaries during these reach weeks, we can help connect you with some folks that are in town or some people that you can process with and like have those conversations if you don't know who those people are. All right. maybe just like a couple more, maybe one of you guys and one of you guys share just a little bit of what, what were some of those circumstances or people and then how can you encourage them?
1: Go ahead.
5: Go ahead. Um, well, I would, I would agree with everything that Amy had to say and how important, like when we came to Calvary, we were somewhere else when we got the call. We came to Calvary because they had missionaries. We didn't know what a missionary was, had never yeah. met one, right? Yeah,
2: yeah.
5: <laughs> um, it was the body here at Calvary, Pastor Fred, that came alongside and said, you want to go to Mongolia? You've had no education? No Bible education? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? And so you need that. I think that you need people on your side that mm-hmm. kind of walk alongside. And we were sent out in um, 1992. We have had supporters that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, I mean, so um, I just reiterate that God uses people. We're a body. We're part of a community. And especially for missionaries, we're so fragmented
1: mm-hmm.
5: that those consistency in relationships are huge. The family we the have family. Calvary yeah. and we yeah. love we love Calvary. This is our home. Yeah. Oh that's great.
0: Thank you so much.
3: Just, yeah, I mean nice. I I want to add like yeah. kind of another side of it because I think sometimes we think, you know, and when you have people up here who have been serving you know for a long time you think like, okay, I'm gonna make this huge decision and then like 50 years later, I'm gonna come back and be like, whoa. But it doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be uh, a long thing necessarily. And one of the stories that encourages me is we had a, a young gal who had just graduated from college. She came for three weeks during a summer and connected with some college girls in, in Portugal. And after that, uh, she had some experience with crew and kind of doing evangelism on her campus. And after that, she said, you know, I think I'd like to come back for another year. And so like a year later, she came and worked with those same uh, ladies, helping disciple them on their university campus. The neat thing is, is she discipled one Portuguese gal, uh, Catarina, who really kind of started to become like an evangelist on her campus. And Catarina eventually became part of the Uh, crew staff there in Portugal. Um, But Leah came back after a year, so she didn't spend, you know, and it doesn't, God directs those decisions. She felt like, you know what, I followed God, I was obedient, and God used her mightily because she impacted Katerina. Katerina has evangelized and discipled tons of other Portuguese gals that Leah never even knew, Um, and Leah's back here in Southern California. So it doesn't have to be this huge decision, you just gotta take it one step at a time and say, Lord, I'm willing to obey and do whatever the next thing is, so. That's
0: awesome, that's awesome. It's so encouraging to hear, yeah, whether that's a story of, of a year or a few weeks or a lifetime and sometimes that, like even for you guys, some of that's been, like some of that's been overseas and some of that's been in the States and God's calling you at different seasons of your life into different things and so, I just wanna encourage all of us to be prayerful to be open to say okay lord i i'm i'll listen <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'll submit and obey to whatever it is that you are speaking to me and i think that's been the posture of these folks as well as other Cal- calvary missionaries but also as well as just a bunch of us sitting out here in the seats and saying okay lord how will you uh, use me whether that's across the world or across the street or the next cubicle or whatever that might be and say okay lord i'm i'm open and i'm willing and so that's that's the posture that we want to approach god with and that's what i'd encourage you with it's not to we don't want to beat you over the head with some sort of guilt trip to do this it should be God is speaking to you, God is leading you, he's calling you, but it's on all of us to be obedient to that. Obedience is not uh, an optional thing. Right. <laughs> and so wherever that obedience takes us, we, we go, but uh, we're, all, we're all in on obedience to where God is leading us. Um, so I just wanna say thank you to you. I mean, in a moment I wanna pray for you, but just let's thank these amazing yeah. folks, yeah, yeah. As much as we say, you know, you're just like us, we still think you're cooler than us at the same time. <laughs> uh, but, and, and you guys, they'll be available to chat, like in the lobby or out in the patio, wherever. In, people are in life groups and, and all of that. So just encourage you to, um, to just take some of these steps to continue this relationship, right? Yeah. All right. all right, let me pray. Oh, Almighty God, we thank you so much, Lord, for each one here, Lord Jesus. Thank you for Gail and Tom and Amy and Tracy and Jonathan, Lord, for the unique ways that you have um, called each one of them, Lord, that you've led and spoke to each one of them of how they serve you, Lord. And even in each different season of their life, the way that you have led them from place to place or from mission to mission, it's all the mission is about you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we, God, as, as a community say, Lord, we'll go where you say go. We'll do what you say to do. We'll speak what you say to speak, God. Here I am. Send me. May that truly become our response and our posture to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, thanks. 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 All right, welcome Matt (laughs) Doan.
6: We have the best ministry partners seriously so privileged to get to be able to be in relationship with so many incredible missionaries and you're gonna be able to have a chance to meet even more at our 11 o'clock hour but first I want to just remind us that our one of our kind of visions our values here at Calvary Church is that we're a team meaning that we're not just an audience but we're an army can I get an amen on that Amen. It means we all have a role to play, a, a, a part to play in this, as Eric just so um, greatly said. And so I want to give you some next steps of what this looks like for you. As you say, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to give you the challenge to be praying people here at Calvary Church. We have our 1002. We'll keep talking about that every week and week out. We want to remind you, set your clocks, 1002 a.m. Or if you're a late night person, p.m., do it. Do both. But pray for our missionaries. It matters. And then in the courtyard today under our reach tent, you can grab, if you didn't grab it last week, our um, latest prayer booklet has all of our partners in there serving in 30 different countries. Encourage you to take that prayer booklet and at breakfast, Turn to a page every day, every morning, and pray for one of our partners. Or at night, as you finish dinner, break out that booklet and pray by name for one of our partners. Here I am, Lord, send me to pray. And then we're inviting you to give. We're saying above and beyond my normal giving, my tithe here at Calvary Church, I say yes, Lord, to you. And I will sacrifice in an obedience Give generously to what God is doing around the world. This last year, Calvary Church, as a family, we gave $950,000 to what God is doing around the world. It's just awesome. (laughs) By the way, in a COVID year, amen, that's just God at work. We want to match that and do more this year because the needs are great. So I encourage you, there's a commitment card out at that reach tent. You can grab this and you can fill in. This is kind of your faith promise. This is your, Lord, by faith, I commit to give this in this new year as an act of worship and generosity. So I encourage you, here I am, Lord, send me to give. And then, here I am, Lord, send me to go. You see these chairs that our amazing partners were just sitting in. They're empty right now, right? We have a vision Five years from today, that there'd be six of you that be sitting in these chairs that said yes, Lord, to going. Full-time cross-cultural. Who will go? Who will be the next wave of Calvary missionaries, the Amy West, working in El Toro and saying, Yes, Lord, to your calling in my life. And so we encourage you, here I am, Lord, send me to go. Again, in our commitment card at that reach tent, you can find out more information and even just say, hey, contact me. As Eric said, I want to talk and have a conversation about what it would look like for me to go short-term, mid-term, or long-term. And then at that same tent, we have a sheet that looks like this that has 15 different locations at 11 o'clock today where our missionaries will be sharing stories of God at work around the world. And so I encourage you to pick this up Find a life group to jump into, even if it's not your normal life group. You're, we give you permission today to jump into a life group at 11 o'clock and hear stories of what God is doing. But you might say, Matt, I would love to come, but I'm hungry and, and I need to eat something, you know, at 11 o'clock. I would, I would come if, if I had a lunch. Oh, we anticipated that question. And so we are bringing my favorite sandwiches to every life group today from Mendocino Farms. And so we're going to be sending lunch to each of these groups. And so let that not be an excuse for you. Show up, 11 o'clock, grab a location finder, and come hear what God is doing around the world. Sound good? Are you in Calvary Church? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Let's pray. Father May your Holy Spirit be moving right now, calling us to obedience. God, would you just graciously and clearly show us what it looks like to be sent in our lives? Here I am, Lord. Send me.